Girlfriends, episode number 31, Build a Better Body Image. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? How are you doing this week? Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm really glad you're here. I'm recording this on Sunday, which is the last day of July. I'll probably publish this tomorrow. So you'll be hearing this in the grand old month of August, which... I think gives us all pause because it feels like the summer is slipping away. August is when we actually start thinking about going back to school and uh, college starts and we've got about a million things to do before that time comes. Um, But I'm recording once again in the Tiki Hut. I got a bunch of requests from people that I record in the Tiki Hut. I'm not sure why. I think they just like that idea that um, I did it a few episodes back when I talked about savoring summer. And I described what the Tiki Hut was like. And um, I've heard from people since on social media and sending me emails saying, will you do another episode in the Tiki Hut? So here I am in the Tiki Hut. It might not sound the same and it might not pick up pick up as much of the uh, background noise that's around here, or the occasional rooster or chicken, because I'm recording using a headset. Because last week I learned the hard way that my nice microphone that I spent a good deal of money on um, just stops working sometimes for whatever reason, doesn't bother to let me know, and I can record whole segments of the podcast and then all of a sudden look down and realize none of it's been recorded. So Rather than deal with that this week, I'm using my headset, which is, I guess, lesser quality. I'm not some audio snob. I never tend to notice the details of, like, the the finer details of great audio versus mediocre audio. But I guess this is mediocre audio, and I apologize for that. Um, I, I may look into replacing my microphone, but where it's been less than a year, I'm a little bit annoyed and frustrated that it's not working very well. Um, but anyway, I'll get that figured out. In the meantime, I'm using my headset, but I am in the Tiki Hut, like I said. And this morning, the Tiki Hut still looks very romantic because Dan and I had a dinner for two out here last night. There's still an empty bottle of wine on the table and my roses that Dan gave me and set up on the table. It was really actually nice um, to have a grown-up dinner together by ourselves in the Tiki Hut. Uh, I made uh, some of the food that we had enjoyed in France. Actually, I made a steak au poivre, which was really good. It wasn't um, from a French recipe book, but it was uh, from Alton Brown. I I found the recipe on the Food Network, and it's a steak au poivre with a cognac cream sauce, which was so good and actually really easy to make. Dramatic, because you light the sauce on fire on the stovetop. I had Dan do that part. But I really do recommend that recipe, and I'm going to put it in the show notes for you. Check out that recipe. It's a nice one to make for a nice dinner. You know, I probably couldn't afford that much good cuts of steak for my entire family, but for just Dan and me for a special night, and he bought some nice wine, and it was really nice for us to spend that time together. And we actually, we spent a long time with dinner. We had appetizers, and uh, then we had our main course, and the the bigger boys, the middle boys, I call them, they're my bigger little boys, Stephen and Rafe, who are 14 and 11, 
uh, volunteered to be waiters for us, and it was adorable. They got dressed up and put clean towels over their arms and um, called us Madame and Monsieur, and were running in and out of the house, bringing us whatever we needed. And if we needed anything, Dan would call the house from his cell phone, and they'd bring us out, or they'd clear the plates for us. And it was just so nice and so simple, and what an easy thing to kind of put together. I don't know. It, to me, it was it was a lot more fun than if Dan and I had gone out to some fancy restaurant by ourselves. This way, I felt like, you know, the kids that were home were kind of supporting us and having this romantic time together. And that was really nice. But then Dan and I just felt very comfortable. Like, we're not worried about what's going on at home. We knew the kids were inside watching the Red Sox game. And um, it just felt very much family connected and very sweet and romantic. And it was all Dan's idea. I have to give him credit for this. He was the one who suggested we do it. And um, it was a great idea. And oh, I'm looking right now, part of what he set the table with, this is so nice, were these conch shells that he and I found when we were snorkeling when we had a trip to Jamaica two years ago. So he just put a lot of effort into all the little details, had it all lit up with candlelight and torches in the Tiki Hut. Um, for those of you who follow me on social media, I posted a few pictures on Facebook and Instagram, so you can check those out if you want. Anyway, I really recommend doing that. If you and your husband haven't had time together and maybe going out to dinner is a lot of money or it feels like a lot of effort or whatever it is that's kind of keeping you from doing it. I really recommend an in-house date night, but maybe don't do it in your dining room. You know, you may not have a tiki hut on your property. If you do, I really recommend using it. But I mean, you could have a deck or a porch or a gazebo in your yard or a picnic on your lawn or have dinner in your bedroom, you know, be be creative. I think it's just so fun. And doing it in your home and not having to kind of physically remove yourselves from the presence of your children, I think, sets a really good example for the kids. And I know my kids really enjoyed being a part of it. And just, you know, they weren't sitting with us at the table. They were careful not to interrupt. But uh, I think they felt like they were a part of it. And they were part of what made it special. So... I really recommend doing that. But this week, we are talking about how to build a better body image. And who doesn't need to do that, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like we women talk about this all the time. And as much as we talk about it, we also feed into the negativity about body image. You know, like, for example, the media or a women's talk show or a women's magazine is like half devoted to love yourself as you are in that kind of talk. And then the other half is how to improve yourself and get a better butt and lose your belly fat and get shinier hair and whatever it is that we're, we're striving after. You know, I've thought of taking on this topic recently because um, recently I was involved in a work project with a, a woman who's a friend of mine who I really admire and respect professionally. I think she's great. She's super smart. I really enjoyed working with her for a couple of days. And then when it was all over, you know, she texted me afterwards saying how she thought it was, it all went well and really enjoyed working with me. And I agreed. And then you know, we, like I said, we're friends. So she texted me a little while later, a few days after that, um, with an, a picture that someone had taken of her during this work project of ours from from the back. And she was wearing like a sleeveless dress. And she's like, I felt good about what we did. And now all I see is back fat. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> I almost died when I got that text. Because not because I'm blaming my friend, but because I think we all do that. We can all do that. Just flush all your work and your effort and what you felt good about what your achievement was down the toilet because you see one image that you think is less than perfect. And by the way, this this photo, I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. She still looked great. I mean, it, it was, 
everybody has a little lump on their back somewhere, you know, <laughs> like, I think our media has fed into the idea and a lot of us ridiculously accept it, that every inch of our bodies is supposed to be smooth and perfect. And having anything bulge or lump or actually be real in any part of your body is, is something that we need to feel bad about. So sad to me, so sad to me. And so what that incident really kind of brought to the forefront for me was the fact that we do need to talk about this. It's important that we talk about this. It's important that we remind ourselves because we all know blah, 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 love yourself as you are, you know, real beauties on the inside. We can say that and we can say we accept it and we can, you know, really accept it. But then in the moment, what are you thinking? What are you feeling when you see a picture of yourself? What are you thinking? What are you feeling when you, you put on an outfit and you don't like the way it looks in the mirror? Or what are you thinking and feeling when you look at another woman and you think she looks better than you or um, is thinner than you or whatever it is that you're, you're tempted to compare yourself with physically? Why do we do this to ourselves? It's the saddest thing in the world to me because like I said, like my friend did, it, the temptation is to reject all the good things we do. To reject ourselves is ultimately worthless because of what we think we look like, because we think we're not matching up to a physical ideal. So sad. And, you know, that's the definition of materialism. Hello, that we're more than our bodies and that the perfection of our bodies doesn't matter at all with regard to what, what truly counts, with regard to what God's going to judge us for at the end of our lives. So I'm going to talk a little bit today about that. And you know, and, and don't take this as me telling everybody that I've got it all figured out and I, I, I think I'm so great. And I'm going to tell you how to have the right attitude towards your body because this is something I struggle with, definitely. You know, I'm right there struggling with you. I can have good days where I, I'm not worried about what I look like, where I feel good, where I feel confident in my body, where I'm grateful for my body and my good health. And then I can just have a moment like my friend did, where you see a picture or someone makes a comment that, you know, um, there have been times where my husband, God bless him for what he puts up with, you know, makes a comment that objectively isn't isn't mean or, or putting me down or anything, but I'm not being objective in the moment. And I'm taking it personally and deciding to twist it and be insecure and uh, take it in a very negative way. And so, you know, I have my moments where, where I'll do that or where I'll just, you know, really feed into that kind of self-talk that's bringing myself down and beating myself up because I, I ate M&Ms or, you know, whatever ridiculous thing it is that I want to chastise myself for. So, Let's talk about this. Let's talk about some ways, some positive ways that we can we can take care of our bodies, but also just appreciate our bodies. And that's the first one I want to talk about. Appreciate your body, what, what it can do. Be grateful for what your body can do. Think about it. You know, just spend some time actively thinking about the good things that your body can do the things that you can accomplish in a day. If you're if you're physically healthy, if you're able to run up and down the stairs, carry a baby on your hip, you know, take a, the kids for a walk, take care of an elderly parent, drive to the grocery store, if you're able to do these things, be grateful for that. Appreciate the, the good things that your body enables you to accomplish. Or even more so with women, I find it's helpful to focus on the things, those feminine things that our body can do, those feminine strengths that we have physically, even physically speaking. The fact that you can give birth to a baby, whether you've done that or not, that you can feed a baby with your body. It's astonishing. It's amazing. Whether you've done that or not, it's astonishing that our bodies are capable of that. That you can hug your grandma, or you can cook dinner, or you can run a mile, or you can sing a song that's going to soothe a child, or you can be a, a warm, loving embrace for your husband at the end of the day. 
these are gifts. These are physical gifts that we have to offer to the people that God places in our care. And yet, do we appreciate it or do we reject it because we see a photo of back fat or we don't like the way we look in our bathing suit? We need to appreciate these things more. We need to accept our bodies the way they are. As hard as that is to do, I think we need to just continually remind ourselves. And um, the second thing I want to talk about is sort of a way that you can do that. Write down those things. Make a list. You can write them down in a journal of the things that you love and appreciate about your body, the strengths that you have, the things that you can do that you're grateful for being able to do. Or you can keep a list on your phone because what I think, wherever you write this, it's it's helpful to have ready access to it because if you're feeling down, if you like put on a pair of jeans and you hate the way they fit and you're going over to a friend's house and you just feel like a big fat idiot – and then, you know, open up that app on your phone, open up your notes and, and look at what you said about yourself, that you appreciate about yourself. Focus on the strengths of your body, the gift, the gift of your physical presence in the lives of, of you and the people that you care most about. Make that list. I mean, about things that you appreciate about yourself, sure, physically, um, that don't have anything to do with your weight. Maybe you like your eye color or your your hair or... Um, you know, something that you're ridiculously vain about, like me with my feet. I, <laughs> it's so stupid. But um, I love my feet. <laughs> That's a really weird thing to say, maybe. But um, I really do like like my feet. And I think um, I have good feet. And I'm confident about my feet. I like to wear sandals. And I love doing my toenails. And it sort of has turned into a joke between um, my husband and me and a couple of my friends and me that I'm very vain about my feet. <laughs> and I'm always like, don't touch the feet. But no, seriously, there might be something like that that has nothing to do with what you weigh, that you appreciate about yourself that um that physically you like about yourself maybe your skin color maybe it's your complexion you know we we all have physical attributes that are attractive in some way so you know think about those things and make that actual list but then beyond the physical things make a list about what you like about yourself as a person are you kind are you generous are you a good friend are you a helpful person are you a hard worker? Are you good at your job? Are you a good mom? Are you a good wife? You know, these things that you know you do well, these things that you know other people appreciate about you. And if you have trouble making your list, ask somebody who knows you and loves you to help you make the list because they will fill it right up. That's a fact. You need to, you know, accept the fact that other people value and appreciate things about you. Maybe even things that you would never even think of. So if you're in such a bad place that you're not able to make this list, ask for that help from somebody that you know and trust, somebody who knows you well, and they will help you to fill up that list. And then once you have it, when you're feeling vulnerable, turn to it, use it to change that negative self-talk into something more positive. Speaking of changing negative into positive, stop that inner voice stop it. Learn to recognize when you're starting to talk down to yourself, when you're starting to say, I look so fat, I look so ugly. I I hate the way my thighs look when I wear these shorts. I hate the way I look in this bathing suit. I'll never be as perfect as that woman that I saw at the pool today or whatever it is. You know, I wish I were tall. I wish I were shorter. I wish I were thinner. I wish I had boobs. You know, whatever it is that you're beating yourself up about, then Stop that voice. When you start hearing that voice beat you up and it's yourself talking to yourself, defend yourself instead. 
defend yourself the way that you would if it were a friend or a daughter that somebody was talking to that way. Because I think we all recognize the injustice of talking that way, of destroying somebody very, very personally and terribly with regard to what they look like. We recognize the injustice of that and the ridiculousness of that, the unfairness and how vicious and mean that is if we see somebody do it to someone else, especially someone that we, we know and we love and we value. So why do we let ourselves talk to ourselves that way? You know, if you're, if you're having this negative inner dialogue, stop for a second and picture yourself hearing somebody talk that way to your daughter or to your mom or to your sister or to your best friend. You would be defending that person. You'd be telling that person to shut the heck up and how wrong they were. Because the, the fact is, that is wrong. It is false. You know what? That's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the devil. Honestly, it is. And maybe that sounds too dramatic for some people, but that's what it is. It's from a source of evil. It's from Satan himself, who is jealous, who is envious of you and your strengths and the potential you have to do good in your life, who wants to destroy that, who wants to destroy your self-esteem. So that's the voice that you are, you're choosing to listen to when you give in to that kind of um, self-esteem destroying inner dialogue. Don't do it. Learn to recognize when you're spiraling downward into that and then intervene. Change that voice into something positive. Look at that list if you've made that list and appreciate the things that that are good about yourself and that are good about your body and move on. Okay, also related to that, screen your media. Screen your media. Don't read Cosmo magazine. I mean, some people can and or some people read Vogue and they they really like fashion and that's okay, but recognize what your your trigger things are, what your your weaknesses are and the ways in which you're you're vulnerable to media because we all are. Maybe it's in your Instagram account. I recently followed uh, Maybelline on Instagram because I love makeup and I, I like to see all the different things. I like to see the different ways they use the makeup on their models and whatever. But then I realized, you know, they're posting several photos a day and it's all of this, you know, airbrushed, beautiful, you know, outrageous, inhuman kind of perfection on these models' faces. And, you know, if I'm not careful... It will start to make me feel weird and bad about what I actually look like. And so maybe I don't need to follow Maybelline on Instagram. Maybe I don't need that in my account. Maybe there are things like that in your life. Maybe it's something on Facebook. Maybe it's a magazine you subscribe to. Maybe it's a TV show that you watch that is forming your heart and mind in a way that is destroying your self-esteem. For me, okay, this is ridiculous. I can't believe I'm going to admit this. But Dan and I, a few years ago, used to watch sometimes as a guilty pleasure those Real Housewives shows which are, you know, the Real Housewives of Orange County, of Beverly Hills. And it's these fancy, you know, beautiful women and they're, they're super rich and the lives they're leading. And, you know, when we started out just watching it occasionally, it was just hilarious. I mean, some of these people are real characters. Sometimes it was really sad, like the their attitudes toward life and some of the sad emptiness and the, the ways in which they seem lost. But then some of it was just entertaining. And that was mostly, you know, we just thought it was fun in that way. Maybe some of you watched the Kardashians for similar reasons. Um, so, you know, but real housewives, I mean, first of all, how ridiculous, because they're not real and they're not housewives. These women, there's, and I don't mean they're not real human beings. Of course they are, these women in these shows, but nothing that they show on the television show is real. There's one character that I remembered, like all the women always are super made up, you know, super makeup, super clothing. And, um, 
so and all this jewelry, you know, and they're driving their fancy cars and everything is just kind of like posed and prepared for the camera, even though it's called a reality show. So um, one of the women in particular, I remember being shocked that one time they uh, were kind of, you know, she was talking and they, they were filming while she was getting her makeup done. And I saw her skin before she had her professional makeup job done by, you know, she had like three different people working on her face. And, well, wow, uh, it did not look perfect. And I'm not judging this person at all. Good for her if she can, you know, put on the right kinds of makeup and make it look as perfect as it always did on screen. But that was a real eye opener for me that that woman's face did not actually look like that. It looked a lot closer to like what my skin looks like without makeup on it. So, you know, we need to keep these things in mind as you're deciding what media you're going to allow into your, your, your heart and into your mind and recognize that these things influence you. Even if you're just watching for entertainment pur- purposes, it can influence you. The, the nonstop images of perfection influence how you look at yourself. How, can you, how could you possibly look at all of that nonstop all day, magazines, TV, social media, and then look in the mirror at yourself and your very normal face, your very normal skin, your normal hair, your normal body size, and feel okay about it? You're not going to because what they're showing you isn't real and what you are is real. So I'm not saying don't watch the shows or don't follow the accounts or whatever, but I'm saying think about it. Be thoughtful about it. Think about the ways in which these things might be influencing you. And that said, my next tip is get good clothes. Get some good clothing. Get clothing that fits you properly, that's flattering if you can possibly afford it. If you can afford getting a stylist, getting someone to help you shop, that would be really good. There have been times in my life, especially after pregnancy, where I am so down on myself physically, where I'm like, I'm so fat. I'm so disgusting. I can't even put on these pants and whatever. And I'm wearing these ill-fitting clothes. And what I've recognized more than once in my life is that one good shopping trip where I'm not looking at what the number says for the size on the pair of pants or the jacket or whatever it is. I'm looking for something that fits well and feels good on my body. Once I get those clothes and a few basics is all you need, the stuff that you're wearing on a, on a you know, day-to-day basis, get stuff that fits you properly. If you're not sure how to do it, maybe you have a friend who could help you shop in that way. If you're not sure what styles might be flattering on your body type, you can even get a book. There's a book um, by Mary Sheehan Warren, who's a Catholic mom, but also a stylist, and it's called It's So You. And she kind of walks you through those basics of, yeah, hair and jewelry and makeup, but also choosing clothing and where to shop and how to shop, what kind of style are timeless and um, what kinds of styles might be best for your body type, figuring out what your body type is, figuring out what colors would look good on you. All these things that many of us, I think, feel lost about. Some of us have a real knack for it, but others of us just feel like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin. Shopping's exhausting. But getting those few basic clothes that you feel good in and you know that you look good in that fit you properly aren't like this constant reminder, like tightness around your waist, like I'm too fat, that they fit you properly and they look good. Get yourself some decent clothes. Just find a way to do it. Save up the money. I know budget is a, lo- a big factor for a lot of people. You know, make a sacrifice in some other area of a budget to get a few basic clothes. Because what I've discovered is when I make the effort to do that, and it doesn't have to cost a fortune, when I make the effort to get some clothing and, you know, not be insisting that I'm a, a certain size, but buy the size that fits, you feel so much better about yourself and about your life when you have those clothes on on a day-to-day basis going through your week. So get some good clothes. And then my final tip for building a better body image it actually has nothing to do with your body image. It's, it's more about refocusing your energy and your attention outward 
toward others. All that energy you're using up, whether you're spending it counting calories or feeling guilty about what kind of dressing you put on your salad or hating yourself for the way that your jeans look or stressing about your food choices or what the scale said this morning. Oh my gosh, that's exhausting. It was exhausting just to list those things. And we do all that and about a thousand more negative things each day. Put all that energy, channel it into something positive for others. Channel that energy into your family. You know, make a conscious decision that I'm not going to spend the time and energy doing this to myself. I'm going to focus on something outward. Whether, you know, in, a, in the moment you, you choose to go and, you know, spend some time with a child or call a friend or reach out to somebody who might be lonely or in need of encouragement, whatever it is, channel it into something positive, outward, away from yourself, not this inward, self-focused, self-loathing thing that we do. And you'll find that you're too busy. You're too busy. Being, being a source of light and goodness and blessing to others, to be beating yourself up, to be inwardly focused, to be navel-gazing about all the things that are wrong with yourself and with your body. So that's it. To review, the things we talked about for building a better body image are, first of all, appreciate what the good things that your body can do. Make a list about the things that you like about yourself, both physically and emotionally and spiritually. Stop the voices, stop the negative voices, and defend yourself in your interior dialogue, the way that you would if a sister or a daughter or a friend were being spoken to that way. Screen your media. Be careful about what you're listening to, what you're letting form your heart and your mind. Get some decent clothes that fit you properly, that you can feel good in. And then finally, channel that energy, all that negative energy that you're focused inward on yourself, outward to do good things for others. And then you'll be not only looking good, but feeling good too. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Okay, you guys are going to be so impressed with me because this week, to celebrate the beginning of the Summer Olympics 2016, we have an Olympian on the show. I am not even kidding you. Rebecca Dussault is a wife and a mom and this super Catholic lady who is awesome and such an inspiration in her faith, who also happens to be an Olympian and a world champion in cross-country skiing. You are going to love everything that she has to share. Take a listen. Hey, everybody. I am excited to share with you my special guest here on Girlfriends today. Rebecca Dussault is here with us. Rebecca Dussault is a daughter of the church, an Olympic athlete, a world champion, a wife, and a mother. She finds great joy in her family life with its abundance of unknowns and adventure. She will be the first to tell you through her platform at Fit Catholic Mom that we girlfriends need to be faithful and fit, fit for the kingdom of God and his good work for us here on earth. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so glad you're here today. Oh, Danielle, thanks for having me. I'm a, a fan of yours. I've been following you with your show on EWTN, and um, it's just, it's so exciting to talk to you and yeah. your friends. Oh, thanks for coming. I'm, I'm really glad that you could make the time because you are a busy mom. People are going to be most interested, especially because we're in an Olympic season now. In after hearing in your bio about you being an Olympic athlete and a world champion, can you just tell us a little bit about that part of your story? Yeah, well... I am a multi-sport athlete. I actually kind of self-dubbed myself the mul- the multi-sport mama. <laughs> it really goes back to uh, being formed just with athletics. I came from a broken household. My mom put us in every sport. And as I grew up, I just started weeding through the ones that didn't uh, make as much sense to me. And I had a, I had a priest who took us cross-country skiing and said the mass uh, out 
under the moonlight. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, you know what it is? It's God and cross-country skiing. They must <laughs> go together. And so uh, I just had this blossom, blossoming rapid talent and enjoyed rising to the top of the of the U.S. circuit and mm-hmm. then started skiing around the world. And uh, But when I was 19, I ended up retiring because of the just the completely illicit crazy fornication just the lifestyle of a ski racer living abroad kind of the what stays in what happens in europe stays in europe mentality i just thought you know what that is so not right for the christian soul i've got to go the other way Mm -hmm. anyway so i fast forward i come back out of a retirement out of retirement with being married and having our first child and i just still had this spark in me that i needed to go to the olympics i needed to reach the peak of sport uh, with a healthy and Catholic perspective. And mm-hmm. so my husband supported me to do that. He and my son traveled with me for almost three years. To I remember training. seeing the pictures of that. <laughs> every training camp, they were just absolutely part of my team. It was like I got oh. to travel with my domestic church finally. <laughs> so the Olympic rolls, Olympics roll around, and yeah, that was totally the capstone. I mean, it didn't matter if you brought home the gold or you only brought home the gold of your Olympic commemorative ring. You were still called an Olympian. You still had the experience and it was incredible. And, um, you know, for me, it's the spiritual blessings of that time that go on. Like the physical thing happened. It was a couple of flash in the pan weeks of my life, but uh-huh. it's the spiritual blessings that go on and on. And, uh, you know, now I'm still trying to be a, a spiritual Olympian and I don't know. I don't know. We'll see if a gold medal's in the, in the <laughs> you know, like and, one of those things. Yeah. Oh, I just, I love that story. And I just remember those photos. I'm going to try to get some and, and link them up in the show notes because it was just so fun to watch as a mom myself, this awesome mom who was out there competing in the Olympics with her entourage, which was her husband and little baby. It was just so inspiring. So I really love that story. And I love what you've done since then. Before we get to the regular questions, which we will do, um, can you just quickly let us know a little bit about what you're doing now at Fit Catholic Mom? Fit Catholic Mom is just finally the words ascribed to a mission I've long had on my heart, but that's to inspire the Catholic Mom. I think so many of my acquaintances and just and just other awesome Catholics I know, they're sure, they're Catholic, they're moms, but they're missing another piece, another piece that we all need in our lives to kind of fire on all cylinders, and that is fitness. They've mm-hmm. They've lost that for some reason, whether it's through their eating habits, their environmental habits, um, kind of polluted by also the worldly influence, or just through purely not physically applying themselves mm-hmm. in, in, in a disciplined, you know, root word disciple, kind of a disciplined way. And I want to be that for the moms. I want to show them the way. Um, so for me, it's something I live every day. So it's a kind of working within my unique brilliance and just the fact that I'm able to share that is is so fulfilling because um, that's again that's what I live and breathe and do and, right, and that's what the right. Lord has asked of me as as a, a recent quote came out by Saint Amos Cicletus and it said train the here I am you know how quotes go right I know <laughs> you'll get the gist of it you can do it <laughs> yeah it's train the body is the armor the soul is like a warrior train both and you'll be ready for anything and i think wow. in these times how can we not be ready for anything mm-hmm. we have to be and so it's you know it's just fulfilling my calling and 
uh, my momentum just builds as as the enthusiasm and um, enrollment of other women who want to be fit Catholic moms uh, come, you know, as they come on board. So I'm right. excited. Yeah, that's great. And do you offer like coaching there or just, um, you know, inspiration or support? What kind of services do you offer? D, all of the above. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a ministry that's growing uh, as, as we speak, um, as you mentioned in the beginning, I'm a busy mom. We just had number six, six weeks ago. Oh my gosh. So it's, it's finding the time to balance it all so that mm-hmm. I don't get off kilter myself. So I have to firstly witness from my own life, um, how to balance all this. And so I offer coaching, I offer kind of high end private coaching, and then I offer group coaching, which I've just begun. Mm-hmm. And that's called wise gals. Wise is a, a name I've used coaching women over the years. And wise is women improving sport and spiritual endurance oh, and nice. wanting, wanting gals to, to be, you know, fortified for the race that we're in. We are after that imperishable crown and we've got to train in a number of ways to get there. Wow. I love it. So people can check that out at fitcatholicmom.com, right? They sure can. And I should mention too, that I've since the time of the Olympics been a public speaker around the nation. And that, that is something I never thought I would do, but it's amazing how the Lord has grown me in that role. And I do love to address Catholic women and so um, that is some, another branch of Fit Catholic Mom. Great. I love it. So people will check that out. But here on the Girlfriends Podcast, we ask the same questions to everybody who dares to come on, as you know. And um, so I want to get to those with you. I want to hear Rebecca's take on these familiar questions. So getting to the first question, Rebecca, can you tell us about a time? And now you can't pick the Olympics or no, you can if it's true. <laughs> when you really felt like you <laughs> triumphed or when did you first ever feel a sense of accomplishment in your work or in your personal life? You know, we tackled that a lot with just the preamble of talking, but it is the Olympics. It right. absolutely is the Olympics for a Catholic, you know, daughter of the church, wife and mother to be able to tackle kind of the heights of something very worldly, very carnal, but in a completely Catholic way. Yeah. To as And show the light and be the salt. And I'm not tooting my own horn when I say that, but sport in our society is mission field. We don't have to go to Africa. We have people who are desperate just within our sports teams. And, you know, for me as an individual athlete, it's pretty, it's kind of cutthroat. We don't boost each other up so much because we're not a team. It's like, you know, man, oh, man, oh, we race head to head. And right. But just to, to show love and, and charity, just mercy and, and talk to these women and travel with them and be a part of their lives uh, while fulfilling my own dreams um, and to do it without losing my priority structure was that was triumph. That was cutting the red tape of of the stigma that every elite athlete has to be an, a single individual, completely, totally self-absorbed in their sports and, mm-hmm. you know, carrying an entitlement mentality. I had to cut all that red tape. We as a family uh, to make it work and to show a new model. And you know what? The triumph is paying off. I'll just quickly touch on it. But sure. there are other athletes now getting married. Uh-huh. Top athletes. My one ski racer I've raced with forever. Three-time um, World Cup champion. Like the fastest girl on the planet three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Just had her baby. She's returning to sport for one more Olympics. But just seeing that there's this new cycle of women who are like, I want both. I want motherhood and I want prowess in athletics and I can do both. And I can have in, in not just motherhood, but you know, right. being and so I think it's a kind of having this, um, you know, ripple out effect. And I'm pleased. I'd like to think that I was part of that initial motion and 
So it's a triumph. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And you sure were part of that initial motion toward that because it was unheard of. I remember how much it stood out to me that, you know, here's this mom out there. And I, I love that the, this is the kind of glass ceiling that I want to, I want us to be breaking through, you know, all this, all this talk about women's empowerment, this political season. Well, this is, this is more inspiring to me than oh, that. Heaven help us. <laughs> I was add too that we often we're traveling in conjunction with or staying in, in hotels with Eastern Bloc countries, specifically right. the Russian women and others. And many of them, if not most, were mothers as well. And uh, they never, ever got to travel with their families. They basically had been, I'm going to say, um, I'm well, forced would maybe be a strong word, but it yeah. could be true as well. But to have children to boost their athletic performance, but so many of them, just uh, weary with the fact that their motherhood actually wasn't a part of them. Um, right. They just had a children back home somewhere with someone and oh. um, just a horrible wound sad. for humanity at the, ex- you know, for, in the name of sports. Seriously. Right. Right. Oh, sad, sad. But what, what a beautiful positive story you presented in contrast to that. Um, all right. Well, moving on to our next question, Rebecca, can you tell us about a mistake you once made professionally or personally? And what did you learn from that mistake? Oh man, getting cutting right into the end. <laughs> this is my favorite. And you know what? I keep saying that I'm going to answer these questions on a podcast and it's only fair that I do. So I'm going to definitely do that sometime in the future. <laughs> right. Well, just a few short years ago, four to be precise, my husband and I were in our second year of catering with a wood-fired pizza oven, a big old oven that nice. was around and just wonderful, wonderful business kind of food art in the street. Well, we were so psyched to ha- to take on our second wedding, which is like, you know, wow. pots out in the park for 175 people uh, just cooking with applewood, you know, just major, mm-hmm. major thing to tackle. Well, uh, we'd been working with uh, said bri- uh, bride, we'll call her Mary, mm-hmm. uh, for months leading up to this, finalizing the menu, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, we're there prepping and this tunnel of people forms and this, you know, they're all ringing bells and blowing bubbles and the couple rides in on a tandem bike. And, but I am prepping food for 175 people with a thousand degree fire behind me. And so I'm not paying attention. Neither is my staff. I've hired all Christian staff and lo and behold, all of a sudden, it comes to our attention as the bike circles and we can see it that there are two women in wedding dresses on the bike. Oh, my gosh. Oh my, <laughs> my jaw hit the floor. The jaws of all my employees and my husband, we were, we were like, I mean, I just couldn't even talk about <laughs> overwhelming brain fog. Like, okay, how function, function, Rebecca. Function. <laughs> Could not believe it. And my, my poor a uh, dear Catholic friend was bartending for us and she had this guy who just would not leave the bar and she eventually figured out it, he was the dad of the bride and he's, oh, she said, and where's the lucky groom? I haven't seen him yet. And he <laughs> pointed out another bride and I can't even tell you how scandalized oh. I felt. I mean, I was, <laughs> that was such a low point. And I was like, how could we have never in all these months just asked for the right. name of the lucky groom. Well, you know, who would, I mean, I guess in today's world, you do need to think to ask that. <laughs> right, right. 
Matthew 10:16, behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be yeah. as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. Here I was, my little dove self in the laughing <laughs> and dying, bleeding from the heart. I was like, I cannot believe this. My business is having to cater to something I am so against. Right. Oh, wow. What? Okay. And now I'm dying to know, how did you handle it in the moment? Um, I, I didn't ever leave the booth. <laughs> That's very graceful, I think. You got this. You go. I can't. I just am going to just do my best to put toppings on the pizza correctly. Yep. Yep. You're going to have to sort this out later. Exactly. But, (laughs) Um, oh, gosh. Just feeding God's children. That's all you were doing that day. You know, and and loving them, but at the same time, just not something I would have said, yeah, let me support that by catering. I have a whole other list of questions I would um, tactfully ask in the, in the, you know, upfront next Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I I love that you just, that you and your husband have this catering business. Are Are you still doing that? You know, we just sold it this year to a beautiful Catholic couple in Texas. And for us, it was so intense. He missed the birth of our third child because he was picking up the pizza oven. Oh, my gosh. I called him and told him we had a son. And we have had, um, in those last five years, we've had four babies, one of which is in heaven being raised. But So three babies enough for us to handle in five years' time. And we just we couldn't keep pace with that business because it's really only a summer venture up here in the Rocky Mountains above 9,000 feet. So it was high-paced. Yeah, even too high paced for an Olympian. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that sounds intense. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh well, a whole new era now. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on to, I think we have time for just one more question here, Rebecca. Before we get to your lightning round, can you tell us what's the best advice you ever received? Who gave it to you, and how do you try to implement it in your life? Well, it was a man before my time named Saint Francis of Assisi. I think you've heard of him. I might have. Yeah. He he once told me. <laughs> preach the gospel always when necessary use words mm-hmm. for me that's been a beautiful thing i've often ruined it with words uh in my own family in my community in my just in relationships just trying to um make people believe what i believe or just want it so bad and using words and you know what in the, at the end of the day i'm just one of those who needs to live it who needs to radiate the joy that christ has put in my heart the uh you know the the maternity that Mary has inspired in me, I just have to live it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. my family, often we live what seems to be so countercultural or so anti the world's wisdom. And so we we try to live it. And that's why we keep our peace. That's why we have that peace the world cannot give is because we're living that gospel. And I hope that our lives are speaking that volume that I didn't write. Um, I've never been one you know, to put words together eloquently. I'm getting better. Yeah. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's really about how do I live? Am I manifesting the kingdom of God that I am a part of here on earth? Is my life different or am I just uh, doing as the world does? Right. No, that's such great advice. And I've always loved that quotation too, that it's such a good reminder for every one of us that sometimes we do feel like we need to be explaining and giving these speeches and, it's, I find it's helpful to remember in my own life that the most powerful lessons I've learned from others haven't really involved them giving me a lecture of any kind. It's really watching yeah. their examples. Yeah, and if I can do really well within the home with the gospel, mm-hmm. then 
how, you know, it's like a web. My children are going to go out in the world and they're going to try and God willing do that in their home. And it, like, it's going to go out. It doesn't all just have to be a profuse amount of uh, language from me. You know, I can right. just trust in, in li- living it and breathing it and being it. So, yeah. And don't you find that's a really great part of being a mom, that, that role that we get to play, which is forming these little hearts and minds and souls and hopefully sending them out into the world to be a positive force for the good. Yeah, it the the Olympics and all the discipline and sacrifice and everything it just pales in comparison to what it takes to raise a saint. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. So that's an important Nothing. Now we've heard it officially from an Olympic athlete. It's actually tougher to do what we do, girlfriends. It is, and it's way more painful, you know? Natural childbirth, it just turns the inside out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Face is, is nothing compared. I love it. I love it. And, I, and now I'm curious, what ages are your kids? 14, 9, and 5 mm-hmm. are boys, and then we have a 3-year-old daughter. And then we had a son that passed two hours after birth last year. Oh my gosh, heartbreaking! And then we have a brand new baby boy. So we have we've had five boys and one girl. Oh wow, wow! And a saint in heaven, amazing! Wow. Yeah, the Lord knows how much we need intercession. So He did us the kind favor. <laughs> oh my gosh! Putting one of our own up there for our behalf. Wow, wow! What a story! Oh my gosh, I love it, Rebecca. Um, Okay, well, now we have to do your lightning round, just so we can, I think you've already shared a lot, but I want, just it's a fun, fast way to kind of get to know you just a little bit better, and um, it, it's going to go by real quick, so 60 seconds of fun, fast questions, if you're ready. I'm in my athletic stance. Okay, ahead. all right, all right, <laughs> this is perfect. All right, so this is the lightning round with Rebecca Dussault on the Girlfriends Podcast. Here we go. Okay, Rebecca, what is your favorite way to hang out and connect with friends and family? Well, right after I hang up with you, I'm going to the lake, and we're going to sit in the sun and play in the waves and pretend like it's really nice here in the coldest place on earth, Gunnison, Colorado. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope you enjoy that. Um, All right. And then, so you're an Olympian. We're all inspired by your your athletic history. Do you ever have a lazy day, Miss Fit Catholic Mom? Do you ever have a day off? Tell us about it. Oh, I suppose. I don't know that it would be out of laziness, but more out of higher priorities. Mm -hmm. You know, fitness can't always rise to the top. The faith is always on top. So, yeah, I have days where I don't get out there and be athletic, but those are the days maybe I hypercompensate by trying to eat better or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe spend a little more time in prayer or, you know, it's, it's always finding that balance, but yeah, I'm, I'm human. I'm not bionic. (laughs) Good, good. That's inspiring. All right. And then finally, years from now, St. Rebecca Dussault will be the patron saint of what? My patron is Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, and oh, he, he did cross-country ski race. So, yeah, maybe fitness in the right perspective. I don't know if Perfect. they if saints' phrases, but there's my phrase, fitness in the right perspective. <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, that's it. You survived the lightning round, and um, yes, you inspired us by admitting that not every day you go out there and kill it. So... <laughs> At least, at least that much. Um, so, but before we have to say goodbye, Rebecca, I just, I'd want to give you a chance to maybe just share about something that you're working on right now. You've talked a little bit about your work at Fit Catholic Mom, but what, what in your, your, either your personal life or in your work life, are you excited about right now from the coming year? Oh man, that's a beautiful question. Well, um, my family has really felt a calling for a long time and we've been, <laughs> been very patient with God and him arranging all the details mm-hmm. and, that is to establish a place that is Catholic family 
ministry to other Catholics. And I'm not talking about like a Catholic family land style, not at all, Mm -hmm. Uh, but more intimate, maybe one, two, not more than three families at a time who can come together and pray kind of an aura at labora, you know, work and pray kind of mode. We want it to be agrarian based. We want to have a homestead. We want people to reconnect with the land, with sustainability and not, not to use those overused words, Uh uh, but to put them in a Catholic perspective and how can the Catholic family sustain themselves and not be just running around. The last thing I want is Catholic moms living on antidepressants and driving the the wheels right off their minivan, trying to be soccer moms or whatever. I want a new paradigm for the Catholic family. And so having a place of retreat where we can inspire the next um, Catholic family Mm -hmm. is on our hearts. We're actively searching for land and we just sold one of our houses. It's like, it's coming together in God's good timing and providence. And, uh, and in conjunction with that, I will be offering just fitness retreats to not just fitness, but you know, the whole ball of wax Yep. also with a fitness element. So if mom can step away from her, busy family or bring them and then participate in a different element uh, that I lead. But I just want to be used, you know, to the very last drop. That's mm-hmm. what we have to do. You know, if, wow. we, if we chase that imperishable crown and point the way to others to find it and find health and happiness and above all holiness, then, you know, we've really, I think, done what we can do. Um, wow. So. Wow, that is so exciting. I mean, I love that idea of what you're you're pursuing right now. And I really feel like you would have people just knocking down your door to participate in something like that. It's something that our world at large really needs. And, and I find in working with Catholic women every day that there's a real hunger there for that kind of connection just to who we are as human beings. Yeah, and I want to strip away all the rocket science, if you will, mm-hmm. about about being a fit Catholic mom for them and just help them to understand just real basics of, of living and reconnecting and just finding time for the things that are important to us because time, as we know, is so fleeting. We don't get any second back, Mm -hmm. but how can we live, live our fullest, live our Marian consecration, live our lives as daughter of the church most completely so that when we are on our deathbed, we have no regret. And we say, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Um, you know, I'm ready for the crown. Uh, so wow, a place to do that soon. So everyone will have to stay tuned at fit Catholic mom. Uh, Yeah. And that's going to be based in Colorado where you live. It is currently. Yep. Yep. I, the, when you were, if you were going to ask, what are the things people don't know about you? I was going to say we're nomadic. We live in a camper in the summer, in the woods at 9,300 feet. You're kidding. So coming to you live from right out the window here and grab an aspen tree. Oh my gosh. This is awesome. I am I am so going there. <laughs> I know. We bathe in a wood fired cast iron clawfoot bath. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's it's anti anti the way of the world. Yeah. Well that well, we're all kind of called to be that. So wow, you have really inspired me today, Rebecca. I did not know that part of your your history and your story and um your family life. So I'm really inspired to hear that about you and really excited about all that the future holds. Well, thank you so much and, and likewise and for you and I look forward to following you and you know, just building up what we can for the kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah. So everybody go to, go to, yeah, that's right. All all you girlfriends go to fitcatholicmom.com and you can see everything that Rebecca's up to. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me here and visit us here on Girlfriends today, Rebecca. We've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. Oh, thank you. It blessed me so much as well. God bless you. Right now.
appropriate to have Rebecca Dussault on the show when we're talking about body image because fitness in the right perspective sounds exactly right and everything that she does at fitcatholicmom.com is in that same spirit of loving your body, being grateful for your body, taking proper care of your body. All those things that we know we need to do, all the ways we know we're meant to care for ourselves and appreciate ourselves. What a helpful reminder Rebecca Dussault is in all of her ministry to women. So thank you, Rebecca, for coming on, and I hope you enjoyed getting to know her. Now I want to share a little bit of feedback that I got this past week. Actually, it's older than that. I'm getting caught up from when I was away. Um, But I heard this week from David. If you listened previously, David is a listener to the Girlfriends Podcast and not afraid to say so, which we so appreciate. We we love our male listeners here. And of course, this show is very much aimed at the heart of women, but uh, David enjoys listening and he's written to to share um, things that he's appreciated in the past, but then he wrote to uh, share a little bit of a personal story that I thought was really inspiring, um, talking about the show that I put together, which was Hurt People, Hurt People, which was, gosh, I don't know what episode number it was. Anyway, back a few episodes when I was talking about, you know, the importance of forgiving and of moving on and of letting go of resentment and grudges that we hold on to in our hearts. So uh, David wrote to me and said, First, you brought me to tears describing how you felt as you saw your brother getting ready to get married. Thank you for sharing. It sounds like a wonderful time. Um, Then he goes on to share a little more about that, but then says, You were spot on in stating that our resentment and anger only end up hurting us in the long run. I learned this the hard way. My sister, at the age of 35, after having been married and building a successful career as a physical therapist, left her husband, became a heroin addict, and proceeded to lie to her whole family for a long, long time. Praise God she's clean now. Long, long story for another day. But for a long time after she'd gotten straight, I was so angry with her for all she had done to our family and to herself. I longed with a vengeance for a reckoning in which I would be able to really tell her in excruciating detail all of the ways she'd hurt me. I prayed about it, and one day I read the gospel passage about forgiving 70 times, seven times, and realized that the question by Peter and the answer by our Lord did not condition the forgiveness upon the other person asking for such forgiveness or upon the hashing out of all the grievances one might have against the offending party. I called her up, told her I loved her, and that I wanted to move forward, and that as far as I was concerned, we were straight. If I told her that if she ever wanted to talk, that's fine, but she didn't owe me anything. I was just happy to have her back." I can still recall the weight being lifted from my chest. I imagine the Grinch must have felt the same when his heart grew five times, five sizes that day. Our God is a God of miracles, and one of the greatest of these is turning a heart of stone into a heart that suffers and bleeds. May he be praised forever. Oh, wow. That is just so beautiful. When I read that story from David, I just cried because what a beautiful testimony that is to the power of forgiveness, not only in healing ourselves, but think what a healing, beautiful, encouraging message that is to his sister and the kind of healing and forgiveness that can come from that reaching out, being generous in that way. Because I think we can all relate to the fact that David wanted vengeance, even just a hashing out, you know, sometimes that feels very just and we we have every right to expect that someone's going to hash out all of our feelings and want to talk about all the ways in which they've hurt us. But sometimes the more efficiently healing thing to do, the better thing to do is to let all of that go and start fresh, to be that kind of forgiveness. Because you know what, like if we go to God in confession, I I just went this past weekend, so I know this, I can just go and list my sins. And I don't have to sit there and listen to God berate me and tell me all the ways that I've hurt him and rejected him and the ways I've chosen things of the world over him and blah, blah, blah. 
I I know that stuff. He knows that stuff. And it would be very right and very just for Jesus to stand there and give everybody a lecture when they come into confession. But that's not what he does. He forgives. He's quiet. And he's so happy that we come to him wanting that forgiveness, seeking that forgiveness, that he doesn't require that of us. And so to be truly Christ-like, we need to do more like along the lines of what David did, not demanding our rights, not demanding a hashing out, not demanding vengeance and making things right, but really open-heartedly forgiving people who have hurt us. So a beautiful story, and I hope that inspires you. If you've experienced the power of forgiveness, either receiving it or giving it, I'd love to hear from you. I'm working on a future podcast about apologies. Someone asked me for uh, some words sharing about how to make a good apology, and that's something I actually care a lot about. So I'm going to be doing that in the next few weeks here. If you have something to share on that topic, give me your feedback at danielle at daniellebean.com. Maybe let me know what you think about today's topic, talking about body image, what you think about all that Rebecca Dussault had to share, what you think about the Olympics. I know a lot of us are going to be watching those in the coming weeks. I would love to have your feedback. You can leave me a voicemail just by clicking the leave voicemail tab at daniellebean.com. That will take you over to SpeakPipe, which is a real easy way that you can add your voice to the podcast. So you can do that at daniellebean.com or you can do it through the Voxer app. Voxer is so fun, you people. If you don't have it on your phone, get this app on your phone and then use it. Connect with me. Uh, You can get the link to connect with me on Voxer in the show notes at daniellebean.com. And then once we're connected, it's as easy as pressing a button on your phone for you to leave me a voice message and I can reply right back to you. And it's the coolest thing check it out, Voxer. So you can get that in the show notes at daniellebean.com. I did receive some voicemails this past week, but I'm going to hold on to them for next week because I'm coming up a little bit short on time here and I'll want to have that feedback for a future episode so I can reply to it. But for now, I want to thank you for all the ways you support Girlfriends. For those of you who want to support Girlfriends monetarily, maybe so that I can replace my stupid microphone. I don't know if you could hear the rooster or not this episode. I guess we'll find out when I play it back. Um, But for things like that, for things like the everyday maintenance of, um, you know, keeping the feed on Libsyn and hosting the podcast and um, some different subscriptions that I have to maintain the quality of the podcast and that sort of thing, it really does help help to offset those expenses. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends and get all the details about how you can subscribe. You can support the Girlfriends podcast for as little as a dollar an episode. And really, I am so grateful and so appreciative. I cannot tell you how encouraging it is to me that people are willing to support the podcast in that way. So that's one way you can support the Girlfriends podcast. You can also leave me an iTunes review. You can, um, you know, leave me a link on Facebook or promote the show among your friends and family. I really appreciate all the different ways that you support and encourage me. But most of all, I just appreciate that you're here. Thank you for showing up again for another episode of Girlfriends. Thank you for all of your feedback. Thank you just for listening and being a part of the community that we form here through our Girlfriends Connections. And until next time, I hope you'll enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.